katoka mangale de boza kalide brina katola de borokoto sekele de brina katani gelia lega bozoko lo de brina katontolo de borokoto sekele de brina katonde gelia Father, we give you praise and glory. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, we rejoice and we thank you for the privilege of coming before your word humbly and respectfully. We come with expectation, with joy, and we rejoice that your word comes with clarity. So I decree that everybody connected to this service is gifted revelation knowledge. The eyes of your people's understanding flooded with light. Clarity comes by the teaching of your word and nobody lives here the same way they came. We give you praise, glory, and honor for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the word. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore, today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all of our radio audience. We're so glad to have every one of you connected to the service. Do me a favor, invite a friend, a neighbor, a colleague, somebody close by. Ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. And those of us on social media, the family on social media, like you've always done, let's get the word out. Let's flood the nations with the light of the truth of Christ. Help me share the videos to all the groups on your page create what parties tag some people you know put them on telegram monogram drop them on whatsapp groups let's flood the nations with the light of the gospel of jesus christ and everybody else connected in the campuses well you grab your pen your bible your notebook and you can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word of his grace hallelujah second timothy chapter 3 verse number 15 and 16 and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So you've got to be able to study the entire book, all scripture, all of it. You don't just select what to read in the scripture. You've got to read everything, all scriptures given by inspiration of god and then he says that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation so the scriptures ought to be studied the word study means to research if you observe carefully in second timothy chapter 2 verse 15 brother paul will say to timothy study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needed not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth that word study is a word for diligence. Diligent to show yourself approved. So you must read the entire content of the Bible. The entire content. You cannot selectively read the Bible. Then you begin to look at the things you have read comprehensively. You now bring them within the context of what you are talking about. Meaning that every subject of scripture must be looked at in the light of the message of the scriptures no subject of scripture should be studied in an isolated sense it must all be part of the message of the scriptures 
Like I said, you can study subjects, you can study individuals only after you have read the entire book. Very important. When you study the whole book, you can then refer to certain contexts. Remember, in Bible study, context is king. Context is king. That is, you must stick to the context of the discourse or the context of the discussion. It's like Genesis 8.22 which says, As long as the earth remaineth, seed time, harvest time shall not cease. And sometimes preachers use it for offering. But I'd like us to read it. Genesis 8.22 While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Now if you observe, he's not talking about giving and receiving. He's actually talking about weather. You know, cold, hot, winter, summer. That's what he, he was implying when he talked about seed time and harvest. He's not talking about, you know, doing good deeds. He's not also talking about giving and receiving. So, you must always look at scriptures or subjects of scriptures in their context. You must also understand that in studying, there is the Old Testament and there is the New Testament as well. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now, if you observe, the word sundry times means different periods. Then diverse manners means impartial revelations, like saying types and shadows. That is, in the Old Testament, God spoke in different times and in different ways. In different times and in different ways. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For the law, having a shadow, a shadow referring to the Old Testament. So the Old Testament is shadows, types, and figures of speech. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse 25 to 27. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Observe concerning himself. So that means, Bible study means to see things in Christ. To see things in Christ concerning himself. Look at that Luke 24 verse 44 to 46. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoved Christ to suffer, and to rise from the dead the third day. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. Observe, he read the whole Bible. He went through the whole Bible, just like Hebrews 11 begins to give us a summary of the Old Testament. He went through the whole Bible. That's Bible study. And he came out with a singular revelation of himself. He went through the entire Old Testament, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, and arrived at a singular revelation of himself. 
which means from Genesis to Malachi, there is one singular revelation, and that is the revelation of Christ. He said to them, all things must be fulfilled, which shows you that the Old Testament has promises. The Old Testament has types and shadows, meaning that Jesus is the reality and the fulfillment of the promises, the types and the shadows of the Old Testament. Jesus is the fulfillment or the reality of all of those shadows. He is the reality and the fulfillment of all the promises. So in Bible study, first rule, do not jump into conclusions. Do not jump into conclusions. You must never read your thoughts into the Bible. And that is what jumping into conclusion does. Because even before the Bible arrives, you have already arrived and concluded. We do not jump into conclusions. We allow the scriptures interpret themselves on every subject. You must allow the scriptures speak to you. Some people will say this is what the Holy Spirit showed me personally. But remember, the Bible is already inspired of the Holy Spirit. The Bible is already inspired of the Holy Spirit. So what we call the Bible are already the words of the Holy Spirit. So there's no way that the Holy Spirit will change what he is saying to you to be different from what is already written in the Bible. There's no way he will do that. He doesn't contradict himself. So we must seek to understand what is written already. You must be patient. Don't be in a hurry in Bible study. Make sure you seek to understand what is written. Remember 2 Timothy 2.15 again. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. The word spudazo, study. In the Greek, it means be diligent. It means hard work. It means consistency. Because you see, you can't understand the Bible by reading only on Sunday mornings or when you have a problem. You've got to study the Bible all the time. And that's why sometimes when people hear me teach, they just get angry because they can't see what I'm saying. And the reason is because they are not studying the way I am studying. It takes patience. It takes diligence in studying and following to be able to arrive at the understanding of what we are teaching. So you must be diligent. You must be consistent. You must read the whole Bible. Study everything. Don't be selective. Everything. The Bible is not a big book. I mean, can you imagine that the whole of your lifetime on earth, that size of book is all you need. It's not a big book. I mean, it's not up to the size of all the books that you read in primary school. So it's not a big book. It's something if you're interested or you believe in or you're serious about, it won't be difficult for you to read through all of it, read through all of it over and over again. It's a small material. So find time to study it some people watch movies part 1 to 60 part 1 to 80 one movie 1 to 80 and they watch it religiously they stay all night and then just to study the bible some people can't spend one hour it's like sport lovers you watch a match one hour 30 minutes and then you want to watch it again and then you want to watch another one and find out what happened the other week and you spend hours upon hours just watching football or watching whatever sports you have interest in and yet when it comes to bible study you're in a hurry somebody say why don't we just summarize you know just summarize why should we summarize 
Summarize your life. Summarize eternity. There's no such thing as summarize. We've got to pay attention. We've got to be diligent. We've got to be patient. And we've got to give all the heat that we need to give to the word of God. So that we are thorough. We are well established and well built. To live out the realities that are ours in Christ Jesus. So study contextually. Study the whole context. All of it. Study in the light of Christ. Then pay attention to the language used. Pay attention to the language used. Sometimes when you see a figure of speech, take note of that figure of speech. For example, being born again or being born of water. To be born of water, which is the spirit. So automatically, if you're paying attention, you know that water there is symbolic of the spirit. Water is not saying you must be thrown into a river before you're born again. When he used water, it was a figure of speech for being born of the spirit. Because Jewish people know that when you say water, it's talking about newness. Being born anew. Being born of the spirit. So that's why in Bible study, you must pay attention to details. Now we're looking at curses. Genesis chapter 3 verse number 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Give me verse 17 of that Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Now, did you observe the law of first mention? That the very first time the word curse was used, was used in the past tense. That is, you are cursed. He didn't say you will be cursed or I curse you. No, you are cursed. Something happened and God was explaining what had happened. God was pronouncing what happened. God was stating the terms of their situation. And God was stating their condition to them. And that's the first thing we discovered in the event of Genesis. Several words were used for curse from what we studied. But two of those words stand out. Number one, Aurar, A-W-R-A-R, and Kualal, Q-L-A-L-L. 85% of the term curse, cursed, you know, it's used in the Old Testament. So the word curse, cursed, cursings, is prominent in the Old Testament books of the Bible. That already sets you thinking or that already gets your attention. The word curse, cursed, cursing, means to prevent from. To prevent from. So, later dictionaries will call it to empower to fail or to make things difficult. To make things difficult. To extricate or to make things impossible. So when you have cursed, you must be cursed from something. You must be cursed from something. You are prevented from something. Or something is difficult to achieve. Also, it means you can't reach impossibilities. So, it means a cause 
must have a background it must have a background for example you can't have death without life you can't have darkness without light there must be light before there is darkness there must be life before there is death so that sets the background in which we are going to be studying this subject so what did god say to those people in genesis god said you are caused to the serpent then he said to man cause is the ground for your sake god didn't say i am causing you god only stated the obvious god said you are caused because they were caused look at hebrews chapter 8 verse number 5 who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. So three words stands out. Example, pattern, shadow. So it shows us how Moses documented or wrote the things he wrote in Genesis, Exodus, leviticus numbers and deuteronomy take note of those words again example shadow and pattern look at hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 amplified bible in many separate revelations each of which set forth a portion of the truth and in different ways god spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets god spoke of old to our forefathers in many separate revelations Another translation calls it in progressive truth or portions of the truth. So whatever we read in Genesis is not a lie. But also it's not the whole fact. It's not a lie but also it's not the whole fact. In Genesis we see tree, fruit, eat, serpent, death. That's the way Moses communicated. There was tree, there was fruit, there was eat, there was serpent, there was death. That's the way Moses communicated. But look at that Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 again. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. This is how God communicated the facts to Moses. So we said the key word there is shadow. The word shadow is a Greek word skia. S-K-I-A. Anywhere you see the word skia, it is used as something that is surrounding darkness. It means to have light amidst darkness. Skia. To have light amidst darkness the old greek writers will call it andombration that is you cannot have the whole picture because of the darkness that surrounds it so you have a thick darkness lesser light it is also used for a shade a shade or something obscure something not clear something obscure and there is lesser light in what Moses saw. And that's why when Moses was building the temple, he couldn't picture what he saw. He put all the elements 
you know, put all the elements, splitted the temple into three compartments, outer court, holy place, holy of holies, put the golden candle stand, put the table of shoe bread, the brazen altar, put all those elements in that place. And then, of course, there was a demarcation between the holy of holies and the holy place. All right. Now, Moses, that was his explanation of how he understood what he saw. And that temple of Moses was a skier. But when we come to the New Testament by the Holy Spirit, those were steps that Jesus took to redeem us. That Moses was communicating as temple. They were the steps that Jesus took to redeem us. But Moses could only come up with a building. Whereas what he saw were the actions of Jesus. So the minute Jesus died on the cross, the moment Jesus died on the cross, the cutting in the temple was torn from top to bottom, putting an end to the relevance of the temple. The temple ended once and for all because it was not about a temple, it was about Jesus fulfilling the steps of our redemption. So how Moses could see it, he saw the blood put on the mercy seat. There was a smearing of the blood put on the mercy seat. That's what Moses saw. But Jesus was both the blood and the mercy seat. Jesus was both the blood and the mercy seat. It was not two different things. It was the same person. But because Moses saw in darkness, that's the best he could communicate. Now, so Moses couldn't have seen the entire picture. And it wasn't God hindering Moses from seeing the entire picture. Remember? God is light. He will always communicate reality. But the recipient may not be able to receive it or handle it. Remember the scriptures tells us that the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit. Neither can he know them. He didn't say God will not give the things of the spirit to the natural man. No, he says the natural man does not have the capacity to receive it. He can only operate in his limited environment. So Moses couldn't have gotten all the facts. It's just like Acts 5.15 where we see the shadow of Peter. Peter's shadow. Of course, the shadow of Peter is not Peter. And Peter is not his shadow. Alright, so if you're looking at the shadow, you're not looking at Peter. If you're looking at Peter, you're not looking at the shadow. Because the shadow is not Peter. Peter is not the shadow. Meaning what Moses communicated was not the reality. Because what Moses communicated was the shadow. But wherever you see the shadow, the reality is close by. So what Moses was communicating was the shadow that Christ is the reality of. All right, now please, this is very important. So in Genesis, you won't get all the details because the Genesis account is a shadow. Remember that the shadow never gives you the true picture. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 again. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the and things. And not the very image of those things. So a shadow is not the image and the image is not the shadow. Meaning, you can't get the details in Moses' account. Because Moses' account is what the scripture refers to as the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of those things. That is why it could never take away sin. 
That is why the shadow could never take away sin. Because the shadow is not the reality. The shadow is a mode of communication. Now let's see what Moses didn't see. Or let's see what Moses could not see. Luke chapter 10 verse 21 to 24. In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. 22. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. This is very important. And he to whom the son will reveal him next verse and he turned him unto his disciples and said privately blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see now 24 for i tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which many prophets and kings have desired which prophets moses enoch abel all of them old testament prophets have desired to see these things which you see and have not seen them and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them wow look at matthew 13 verse 17 for verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Many prophets and kings have desired to see, but have not seen them. So again, that's why I said, there are things Moses couldn't have seen, and that's what we're going to see by the help of the Holy Ghost. Look at Ephesians chapter 3 verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Which in other ages, meaning the Old Testament, was not known to the sons of men. It was not known. Look at that Ephesians again, chapter 3, verse 4 and 5 now. Whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse 5. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Which was not known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed. Revealed. The mystery was Old Testament, which is mysterion or open secret. Opposite of revelation. Remember, revelation is a key word in the new testament look at first corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 and 10 but as it is written i have not seen nor ear heard neither have entered into the heart of man the things which god hath prepared for them that love him next verse but god hath revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searcheth all things yea the deep things of god but god hath revealed them to us by his spirit the old testament people their eyes again that's what moses couldn't see their eyes couldn't see their ears couldn't hear many prophets and kings desired to see but could not see so that is why they wrote in shadows 
They wrote in types and skia, and that is why we will need the help of the Holy Spirit via the New Testament to uncover for us in details what they never saw in the Old Testament. So, it's not possible to rely on the account of Moses alone. But Moses' account will lead us somewhere. Alright? It will lead us somewhere. So there are things Moses couldn't see. There are things the Old Testament prophets couldn't see. They couldn't see the gravity of God's promises clearly. They couldn't see the gravity of God's promises clearly. Jesus said in Luke 24, 25, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So from Genesis to Malachi, Jesus showed them the things concerning himself. So, there were things Moses wrote about Jesus. But Moses never mentioned Jesus. Moses only wrote things, shadows, types, figures, but was not articulate. He had to use figures to communicate. Look at Titus chapter 1 verse 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Eternal life was promised by God before the world began. And that's why Jesus said to them, fools, slow of heart to understand. So it means the people were slow. They were slow to understand. It wasn't what was said but they were the ones that were slow to understand what was said. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Wisdom. So Christ is my wisdom. Meaning in the New Testament, we have a heart to understand. We have a heart to understand now the word wisdom is the greek word sophia which means insight that is christ has become our insight christ has become our insight into the mysteries of god christ has become our insight into the mysteries of god which means in our spirit we are not slow to understand. Neither are we slow to believe. Why? Because Christ has become our insight into the mysteries of God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse number 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ means we have the understanding of christ that is our understanding is in the light of christ that is via christ we understand what the old testament people didn't know we have an explanation of christ or we see via christ that is why christ is made unto us wisdom 
made unto us that is christ is our insight into the mysteries of god look at ephesians chapter 3 verse 3 to 5 how does by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as i wrote afore in few words whereby when ye read ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery. My knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which was not known in other ages. It wasn't known. So, in the New Testament, God's wisdom is mine in Christ. Look at Second Peter 3.15 and see the way Brother Peter will speak concerning Brother Paul. And account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. According to the wisdom, the insight. So, we have the insight of Christ. We have the insight of Christ. Look at 1 John chapter 5 verse 20. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true. Even in his Son, Jesus Christ, that is the true God and eternal life. Hath given us an understanding. The Son of God has come and has given us an insight or we have our understanding in the light of Christ. Wisdom, insight. Or we have the insight of Christ. Christ is made unto us wisdom. We have the mind of Christ. The understanding, the insight of Christ. Look at John sixteen twelve to 13. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. You cannot bear them now. Next verse. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all the truth. Now, hold here, look at Matthew chapter 13, verse number 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? Why speakest thou unto them in parables? So now you wonder why did Jesus use parables? The word parables is the Greek word parabolias. P-A-R-A-B-O-L-A-I-S. Parabolias. Used 12 times. 12 times. As a figure of speech. Parabolias, parable, a figure of speech, a comparison or an analogy. A comparison or an analogy. The word parabolias in Greek history was used to teach people who were of lesser intelligence. Parabolias was used to teach people in the ancient Greek who were of lesser intelligence or kids little children you know you do not communicate to little children at a particular level when you are teaching children you've got to step down you've got to break it down all right so 
That word parable is the word parabolias. It means a communication with a people that are of a lesser intelligence. People you cannot communicate facts to directly. So you have to use analogy of lesser intelligence. So how did Jesus answer that question? Because now they ask Jesus, why do you speak to them in parable? Why are you using, you know, a figure of speech? Why are you using analogies to talk to these people? Look at Jesus' answer, Matthew chapter 13, verse 11. He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Because to you it is given. To them, it is not given. Now, that's very clear. So, parables can never convey the entire truth. Just like types, shadows, you know, all of them. It is given to you to be conscious and fully aware. But to them, it is not given. So, Jesus' teaching ministry majorly was in parables. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all parables parables meaning the audience he addressed in those four books they were a people of lesser intelligence meaning in those four books you won't find the whole truth you will just find a little bit of information that can help us in our journey but we still need a lot more to arrive at the whole truth now look at that john 16 12 again I have yet many things to say unto you, but he cannot bear them now. You cannot bear them now is the Greek word bastazo. B-A-S-T-A-Z-O. You cannot bear them now. Bastazo. It means you don't have the ability. You cannot bear them now means you don't have the ability to handle them. Bastazo. Also, that same word bastazo, you cannot bear them now, is used in Romans 15 verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. We ought to bear. You cannot bear them now. We ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. To bear there means you must have the ability or the strength. You cannot bear. We that are strong ought to bear. So in order for you to bear, you must have the ability and you must have the strength. But he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come. So which means the spirit of truth will be the ability and strength to see and understand. The spirit of truth will be the ability and the strength to see and understand. You cannot bear them now because you lack the strength and the ability. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, who will be the ability and the strength to see and understand? Now please pay attention. First John chapter 2 verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One. And you know all things. An unction. So what did he mean by unction? First John chapter 2 verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you. 
But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Did you observe? He didn't say, but the anointing which you have received in a bottle. But the anointing which you have received in a jar. But the anointing which you have received of him abided in a bottle. Abided in a jar. Mm-mm. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. Not in a bottle, not in a jar. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing or as the same unction which you have received of him. The same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth and is no lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. Say with me very loud, I have the ability to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. Look at John 16, 25. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. Now that scripture is very interesting. The word Proverbs there is the Greek word Peromis. It means dark speeches or analogy or figures of speech. John 16, 25. These things have I spoken unto you in figures of speech. Have I spoken unto you in an analogy. But the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in figures of speech. In parables. Which means until then the father was not known plainly. Until then. Look at verse 26 of that John 16. At that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you, that I will pray the Father for you. That is, you won't need an intermediary. I won't be the one praying to the Father for you. You and the Father will come into a union that cannot be separated. You and the Father will have direct access. Wherefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, by whom we have access, direct access. We don't need an intermediary to pray for us. We don't need an intermediary to intervene for us. No, Jesus said, you wouldn't need me to talk to the Father for you because you and the Father will be in a union that cannot be separated. It's like somebody who say, well, well, then if you say the anointing we have received abide in us, we need nobody to teach you. Why are you teaching us? Why are you teaching us? Again, you don't read your thoughts into the scriptures. You let the scriptures interpret itself. The context of that teaching in First John, he was just talking about, you know, false prophets and other people who seek to teach the word of God not under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost who seek to teach the word of God based on their own technical know-how. And then he is now saying you have received an anointing and you don't need somebody that is not of this anointing to teach you. Somebody that is not of this anointing. It is the same scripture where he says he gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, to teach the saints. But of course, you know that the Spirit of God in you 
is the same spirit of God in the teacher teaching. And that is why when he teaches you, there is a witness in your heart of the truth that you are being taught. There is a witness in your heart of the truth that you are being taught. So there will be no intermediary. Look at verse 27 of that same scripture. For the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. For the Father himself loveth you because you have loved me. In that day, you won't hear anything anymore in figures of speech. You will hear the Father directly and expressly. You will hear the Father clearly. There will be no ambiguity there will be no figures of speech there will be no parables there will be no types there will be no shadows there will be an express revelation of the father and that's what we have today it won't be like the old testament where it was types, shadows prophecies promises no today we have the express revelation of god in christ who is in us so today we function in the reality of this knowledge you will plainly know the Father. Hallelujah. I know the Father in Christ. Can I hear somebody say that? I know the Father in Christ. So can we see that it's absolutely impossible to know God clearly in the Old Testament. It is absolutely impossible to know God clearly in the Old Testament. Even in the four Gospels. Even in the four gospels. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You can't. How be it when he, the spirit of the truth, is come, he will guide him to all the truth. And of course, we know that the spirit of truth brought all the truth to us in the epistles. Romans to the book of Jude and the Revelation. You know, the spirit of truth brought all that truth to us rightly divided the word and brought out all the realities to us so that is why in the old testament they will say things god did which god didn't do they will say i kill it and make it alive that cannot be god why they were operating in shadows you will see moses say three eat fruit okay um die that is shadows but when you come into the New Testament, where the spirit of truth now speaks expressly, speaks plainly, speaks without parables, speaks without figures of speech. You will hear Brother Paul say in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Very direct. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, one man, Adam. But if you observe Genesis chapter 1, 2, 3, Adam didn't mention the word sin, not one time. He only talked about eat fruit and all of that. And God said, you are caused. So, many people believe, because of lack of revelation knowledge, that it is the fruit that Adam ate that brought the cause upon mankind. And that God was angry, so God decided to curse man. But if you observe from the things we have studied, man was not cursed. God didn't curse man. God said, serpent, you are cursed. Then he said, man, the ground is cursed for your sake. Now listen, if you cannot get this foundation I'm laying, 
Any other thing I'm talking about causes your religious mind will come into play. Because this is the foundation that takes away all the assumptions, that takes away all the fears and all the wrong information on the subject of causes that makes people to always go for breaking of causes every year. They are breaking causes as if they are breaking sugar cane. Every year they are breaking causes as if they are breaking sugar cane. And you know when you break something, half of it is still remaining. So they keep breaking and breaking. And that is not freedom. That is perpetual bondage. That is always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth and he says from such you turn away i mean the believer in christ jesus must first of all understand that it was sin sin and death by sin for that all have sinned brother paul clearly put it out for us there that that cause that we see in genesis was the consequence of sin sin wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin for that all have seen all right and man found himself in that state of sin look at ephesians chapter 2 as i begin to round up for this service ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins you were dead now no more ambiguity no more parables the language is clear you were dead the day you eat it you shall surely die you were dead in trespasses and sins verse 2 wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience next verse among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So it's very obvious here that we were all there under the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. There is a spirit at work. So which means that the cause is a product of man's action. A product of man's action. The cause of mankind was because of sin. Because of sin. Nobody becomes a sinner by eating. Nobody is cause for eating banana. <laughs> Nobody is cause for eating an apple or some oranges. Oh! That's why Jesus would say to them, are you also without understanding to be thinking in those carnal terms? So there is an understanding of the spirit that unveils the veil of the Old Testament. So he now says that you were dead, but you walked. You were dead, but you were walking. So that means the dead there is not extinction. The dead there is separation from God. You were separated from the life of God. Why? You rejected the gospel and when you reject the gospel, you experience a separation from God. That separation is what gives rise to the cause. So, to understand Genesis chapter 3, I have to look at the epistles. Because Genesis chapter 3 was written in darkness. I will need light in the epistles. I will need light in the epistles to be able to look at the darkness 
of Genesis chapter 3 and see clearly what happened to man. And Jesus said, I spoke in dark speeches, but on that day, the day of redemption, glory to God, you will see the Father plainly. So, the scriptures clearly shows us it's only in Christ that the Father is revealed. And unless the Father is revealed, Satan cannot be exposed. It is the revelation of the Father in Christ that exposes Satan, exposes the cause, exposes everything that seeing Satan is capable of producing. It takes the revelation. And that revelation is what we have in the New Testament. The revelation of Christ from the scriptures which unveils the Father. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The believer cannot be under any cause and the believer cannot be a custodian of causes. The believer cannot be a victim of a cause and nobody is capable and able to cause the believer in Christ Jesus. Where the believer is, causes don't operate there. <laughs> Glory to God. Where the believer is, causes don't operate there. The believer is in Christ. Causes don't operate in Christ. Whether causes from men, from demons, from witches, from wizards, from anybody. Causes don't operate in Christ. The believer is in Christ. Complete in Christ. Secured in Christ. Kept by Christ. Glory to God. And the believer is the one that is totally free. So you stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has set you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Glory to God. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you in this service. Father, we pray for everybody under the sound of my voice that the word of your grace keeps coming forth with clarity. Your people built up, equipped, edified, revelation knowledge like never before, veils falling off, clarity keeps coming, the spirit of fear is silenced in the name of Jesus. And I command that revelation knowledge grows big on your inside until nothing else matters. I come against every hold of ignorance. Be broken in the name of Jesus. Those of you going through any form of oppression, the yoke of oppression, be broken. Sickness, disease, lose your holes in the name of Jesus. The healing power of God flows right now into your body into your mind, into your body, into your mind, be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And we give you praise for answer prayer in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Glory. Amen. Listen carefully. In two minutes, I'll be with Mr. Michael Bush in the other studio. And we shall be responding to your issues on Acts and Acts the Counselor. And we'll be answering all your doctrinal questions raised. It's going to be an exciting time in the next one or two minutes as I join Mr. Michael Bush. But just before that, I'd like you to grab your offerings. Every time you hear the word, we give in honor. We give us a responsibility to get this word out there where the people are. It's also our time of reaching out. Our time of pushing the gospel out. Flooding the entire blue marble planet with the light of Christ. So as you keep giving, bear in mind that through our givings on daily basis, we are able to get this gospel out and push it to the hinder parts of the earth. It's a blessing and a joy. And I want to thank all of you partners and friends who keep giving continually. 
to this cause, to this assignment, and to this noble assignment given to all of us to flood the earth, to bring men into their fullness in Christ Jesus. The banking details are scrolling both online on Facebook, YouTube, television. Mr. Michael Bush will read the banking details for the radio audience. But wherever you are, as you bring out your offerings, I want to pray over them. Father, thank you for everybody giving in faith. We give with joy. We give with excitement. We give from hearts that are grateful. Lord, we ask that our givings and our offerings and our sacrifices are a sweet smell before you today. And that through our givings, which becomes a vehicle of getting this gospel out to where the people for whom Jesus died are, so that men can be brought to the truth that is in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege to do this. Thank you that everyone giving, your needs are met according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen like thunder. Praise God. Hey, guys, I'll be joining you in another few seconds in the other studio. We love you. Tell everybody about what's going on here. And don't go off. We're going to still be on both on TV, social media, radio, and all the platforms with Mr. Michael Bush until I see you at the other studio. We love you. Tell everybody about what's going on here. Enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this great service. Glory! Woo! Amen! We trust that you have been blessed by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino, please call plus 234-806-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. Thank you for staying tuned. Welcome to Ask the Counselor. The bank details for those wishing to take part in the rounds of offering. Account name is Power City International. There are three banks. FCMB is the first, 2982 68 2028. 2982 68 2028. That's for FCMB. Zenith is the second. 10 12 36 59 12. 10 12 36 59 12. And then UBA is the last, but you know, it's not the list. UBA is 139 26 465. 100. 39, 26, 4, 6, 5. One down. I think everything is set. Global Baba is in here. Any moment now, we should um, have him. I have a truckload of, uh, you know, questions and entries seeking 
seeking, um, you know, understanding, seeking clarity. Yes, that's the word. And then also seeking help, seeking counsel. And uh, we are ready for that in a moment. Um, my friend, uh, Evangelist David, who is in Cameroon, remember last night I made you a promise? I love to fulfill every promise I make. So tonight I'm going to start um, with you, but just, you know, I would need to go to South Africa where we spend the night, take um, some of the entries that I see written from South Africa, and then um, perhaps dash to Cameroon or Zambia and all of that. But so I'll take your entry. I can promise you the first 10 minutes of the program. I'm super excited to be here. Remember, for the segment, this segment is called Ask the Counselor. Okay, so I hear now, Global Baba is set to join me on set. This little break separates us. Please stay with us. Eternal life! Only Jesus can give it. I come to Jesus for eternal life. I don't come to him for other things that I can get elsewhere. I come to him for what only he supplies. I am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. He that has the Son has life. So why are we in Christ for life? Abel Domino Ministries International presents Righteous Invasion of Truth. Riot live with Dr. Abel Domino. Somebody shut up! Theme, curse. Curses, cursing, and the concept of deliverance. And Ask the Counselor with Dr. Abel Daminer and Michael Bush. Date 11th October to 15th November 2020. Time Mondays to Saturdays 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. GMT plus 1. Sunday 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. services GMT plus 1. You can also join the broadcast on Comfort FM 95.1 Uyo 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. daily. XL FM 106.9 Uyo 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. daily. Inspiration FM 105.9 Uyo from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily. And Radio Aquibo 90.5 Uyo 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily. Watch this program live on Kingdom Life Network TV on your strong decoder or my TV. Also, visit Abel Damino Facebook handle, Instagram handle, Twitter handle, and YouTube. Host, Doctors Abel and Rachel Damino. Fantastic. Welcome back. My name is Michael Bush. My producer is uh, Pastor I.J. Quere. He leads the production team. And Global Barber, the man who makes all of this um, 
happen is on set now. Global Barber. The Intercontinental Mr. Bush. Dr. Ebel Damina is here, so we're set to go. I'm telling you, man, so good to see you, you today. You have so much energy. You, you too, know? you have a lot of energy. <laughs> okay, Global Baba, we need to get down quickly. Yeah. Uh, so I'll start with this one from South Africa. My name is Tosin Banks. I write from South Africa. Please, I need counsel on the issue I face now. I'm a Nigerian who has been in South Africa for 15 years. have a business here and had a business permit, but um, five years ago, the permit was about to expire when I applied for renewal. It was not grant, uh, granted, Global Baba. Every year since 2015, I always applied, but they kept um, refusing me. Now, I'm thinking of coming back to Nigeria to establish the same business I do here in South Africa, Global Baba. But I don't have enough money to establish that same business that is branding. Uh, have been praying, should I try again to apply for renewal or should I come home, which would be like I waited 15 years to start all over again in Nigeria. Please, I need counsel, Global Baba. My name is Tosin Banks. Wow, Tosin. Well, the first thing to tell you is, um, we, you know, uh, sometimes we make such choices in life and uh, sometimes we may have to pay certain prices for certain choices we make. Uh, if they do not renew your permit in South Africa, you, obviously, it means you are staying there as an illegal person in South Africa. Meaning any day, the police can come up on you and you won't have rest, you won't have peace. You won't be able to do certain things. You won't be able to move to certain levels. So my advice, reapply one more time prayerfully and see if it works for you. If it doesn't work for you while you reapply, start working out your ways to come back to Nigeria. Start making intelligent, you know, research, start asking questions. You don't have to come back and do the same business. There are other businesses you can do in Nigeria and still break even and do well. So start asking questions while you're asking questions and interfacing with your existing relationships in Nigeria, making, you know, detailed inquiries. Reapply one more time and see how it works out for you. And if, if you reapply, they do not approve. You will just have to come back to Nigeria and hit the road head on and see what comes out of it for you. But I think if you come back to Nigeria, it will be better for you because you are legal in Nigeria. And whatever you do in Nigeria, you are sure is guaranteed. You are not an alien. You are not a stranger. This is where you belong. So that's my advice. Okay. Still around the southern part of Africa. I'm going to take this next one. doesn't say where she is writing from. Says my name is Chuduma. I don't know whether that is Chidima or Chuduma. Hello, Global Baba and Mr. Bush. I want to thank you for what you've been doing. I'm so grateful for the day I came across your teaching, Global Baba. My life has changed entirely. Baba, please, I'm 46 years and I'm not married. Any man that comes and it seems something will work out, suddenly the man will go away. I've been praying all my life for a life partner, but nothing is happening, Global Baba. Everything in my life seems to be moving well, have a good job, everything is fine except the delay in marriage. Please, Baba, I need prayers. I'm writing in tears. Help me. Is there anything I'm doing wrong? Is there anything I can do more? I've been keeping myself for God. Now my friends are advising me to get pregnant and have a child. Help, Global Baba, help. Well, first of all, we want you to know that God loves you. You are in God's plan. You're in God's purpose. You've not missed anything. However, you see, when it comes to marriage, there are what I call common sense things to do in getting married. They are common. They are, they are not, you don't need revelation knowledge for those. For example, 
if you find yourself in an environment where only married people are, you can't be saying you're positioning for marriage. You've got to where they go to an environment where there are a lot of single people, where there are a lot of young people, where there are a lot of people who also are in your shoes and will be seeking for a life partner. You've got to go to such environments, either for work, for school, or for something. That's the first thing you have to think about. Secondly, when you begin to act like you're desperate, it pushes men away. You have to be relaxed. Relax completely and trust God. Trust God, be relaxed, and begin to prayerfully seek for opportunities to interface and interconnect with people that are seeking for a life partner. All right? Then the last thing you may have to do is um, you, you just begin to call the things that be not as though they were. Begin to call forth your life partner. But you can't be under pressure and tension and at the same time be calling the things that be not as though they were. You have to be in faith. You have to be in faith. So you have to get your faith food, begin to feed on the word of God, build up your inner strength, build up your inner faith, and then from the point of faith, reach out and begin to believe God for an opportunity to meet the right person that you can get married to. The last thing to say is they've already told your friends that you should get pregnant. Whatever skills you will have used to get pregnant for somebody, you can convert those skills and use them to get a husband that will not only get you pregnant, but will work with you in raising up a family and living life together and serving God together. So that's my advice. But we pray with you. We believe God with you in faith that supernaturally you will know exactly what to do at this moment of your life. We rearrange circumstances. We compel circumstances to work in your favor. And we call forth your life partner. We command the miracle of a connection between you and that brother, that person that together you will serve God with. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm 32 years. I'm married for almost six years. I'm a man. The problem, Global Baba, is that my wife does not do things I want when asked in a calm voice. Until I use a rough voice or I become physical. I've tried to ignore this, Global Baba, but it's getting out of hand. Anything I want cannot be done without having an argument. We have two children, but now we're having second thoughts. Global Baba, please help. Wow, that's strange. Your wife wouldn't do what you want until you shout or harass her. That's strange. It should be the other way around, that your wife will do what you want when you speak in a nice voice. Anyways, I think both of you will need counsel because for your wife to be acting like that, there may be resentment building up on her inside. Certain things may have happened before now that we are not addressed. So her way, her way of getting back at you may be the way she's acting. So both of you may require some counseling. With somebody both of you respect, you know, go to the person together, lay out your concerns, and the person will ask us certain questions. And you may be amazed and surprised from what angle she will come out with her own complaints also. And that is why in marriage, communication is the key to an anointed family. Communication. Because once that communication is hindered or tampered with, it begins to create room for the devil. And the Bible says you neither give room to the devil. So what you may need is you may need that opportunity to engage in a long discourse. A long discourse that is relaxed enough to allow your wife confidence to speak out why she has suddenly resorted to acting like that. And such counseling 
will eventually bring the results you're looking for so that you continue to live in peace. And let me tell you, don't give up so easy. You know, also pray, pray, you know, get into prayer. Ask God for wisdom. Ask God for direction. Ask God to show you what to do. Because the Bible says that it is a job of the husband to know how to please his wife. Just like it is a job of the wife to know how to please her husband. So if God was, you know, trust God for wisdom to be able to deal with her according to knowledge and arrive at the root of that. It's not ordinary that she doesn't do anything until you have, you speak with a very strong voice or something. There's resentment somewhere that has to be dealt with. Fantastic. So we move from um, South Africa. I just took all of that because, you know, you didn't write from where. So while I was in South Africa, I took all of that. Now I'm heading to Zambia. Blessings, Sabush and Dr. Damina. Global Baba, you teach that God does not curse, does not punish, does not destroy. Please explain numbers 12, 1 to 10 and concentrate on 9 and 10. As for the narrative, it's understood that God cursed Miriam with leprosy. All right. It was when Miriam and Aaron rebelled against Moses' authority. Again, remember, the law was given by Moses. The law was given by Moses. And it is in the law of Moses you find causes for rebellion, causes for things and all of that. So it wasn't God that caused. It was Moses who caused, you know, who caused um, Miriam for rebelling against him because he married an Ethiopian woman. It wasn't God. God never causes. The Bible calls it the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death. Okay, let's move from there to Ola. Ola doesn't tell us where he's writing from. He says, hello, Dr. Damina. I'm a Christian, but I grew up in a legalistic environment and with a strong work mentality, which has remained difficult to change. I'm single and in recent years, I've struggled with sexual sins and it makes me to feel unworthy. I don't feel worthy participating in church or even preaching the gospel. Every time I hope to change, I end up committing sexual sin again. Please, I need your advice on this situation. How can I sustainably change and become consistent? I feel I have been very inconsistent. Hola. Hola. Well, the first thing I think is you have not, you know, brought yourself to a place of accountability. You, you must be able to get somebody that holds you accountable, especially when you start struggling with uh, an ongoing, continuous sin that you lack the ability to stop. You've got to get somebody whom you respect and love, somebody who you believe loves you, and tell him, this is my problem. I'm struggling with this. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. So some situations, you will need a third party to assist you in overcoming such struggles. So you may need somebody who will hold you accountable, somebody who will speak into your life, somebody who will walk with you through, somebody that whenever you feel the temptation, you can call him immediately and say, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling funny again. Somebody to talk with over these things. If you have such an accountability system, it will help you break that habit and get off that habit. And then, of course, soak yourself in the word of God. Where without shall a man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Lastly, remember God loves you and don't allow guilt and condemnation to box you into a corner. Remember that what Christ has done for you, you yourself cannot spoil what Christ has done for you. When you embrace that love of God and embrace that position, guilt will go, condemnation will go, and when all of that leaves, it will be easy for you to experience the victory that is yours in Christ applied to that area of your life. So once again, make sure you have an accountability system that will help restore you 
and help you overcome this particular sexual addiction that you're struggling with. Okay. Um, anonymous entries, a piece of uh, entry that requires counseling, says, um, Dear Dr. Abel Damina, thank you for your exegesis on God's word. My burden is on curses from parents out of anger, you know, due to their children's stubbornness and mischief. In the process of time, Global Barbadi children will grow up and repent of such behaviors, but never would have the opportunity to address these issues with their parents, so, you know, so that they would eventually undo the curses. My question, can these curses have effect when the children are born again afterwards? Once the children are born again, the curses loses effect completely. Because the moment you are born again, you are in Christ. Curses don't exist in Christ. So they lose relevance. However, when you get born again, the teaching of God's word will also be very vital. Because it is the knowledge of God's word that will help you to walk in the reality of your freedom from every cause, spell, or any such evil wish from anybody. So the knowledge of God's word is critical for such people who were once caused either by parents diabolical people, evil people, satanic people, you know, the knowledge of the word of God will help you to walk in the reality of your freedom in Christ. Okay, um, i like to dash out of uh, Africa, come back in a moment to Africa. Let's just go to Europe. Hello, Global Baba. I got myself um, into deep financial mess. Traded the Forex markets for a friend for close to five months. Recently, I blew my account of close to 3 million naira. I'm scared. It's been difficult to pray, and I'm trying to find a way around it. The person involved is threatening me with law enforcement, and my upcoming wedding is in jeopardy. That's my situation, and I really need to be encouraged. I need to be counseled, global Baba, before I do something evil. Wow. Well, first of all, uh, you may need, I'm sure you have already opened up to the person who you were trading for. Like I always say, when it comes to such businesses that are not very definite, that are not very definite, you have to be very careful so that you only trade with what you know. If you lose, it's not going to hurt you badly because if it's, it's like putting your money in something you're not sure of. Once it goes, it's gone and there are chances it will succeed. So in such businesses, it's not like buying things, putting them in a shop and you know they are there. It's not like buying cars and selling them. It's not like, you know, those kind of businesses that are reliable. It's not like buying a house and renovating the house and reselling the house. It's none of those. This one, you're just putting money into a very uncertain environment. It's true that all businesses requires risk, but you have to count the cost. Jesus said, no man goes to war without sitting down to count the cost to see whether he has what it takes to do it or not. He says, nobody does that. So... Having said that, I'm sure you have spoken to the person whose money you were trading for and you may need to sit down with him again and talk about the plan for payment. Span the plan, come up with a, you know, a plan and prayerfully ask God to touch him and you can even engage a third party or somebody he listens to because there's no magical way you can get that money. It has to take some process, some patience, some time to be able to come with that money. That's what you have to do. Don't get into anything funny or anything evil. It will just compound your problem. Relax. Be at peace. Go, in, go to the Lord in prayer and begin to seek God for wisdom and direction. Then get a third party that can speak to that your business partner. You guys sit together, discuss, look at ways you can pay back that money and propose such ways to him and trust God for favor 
and for deliverance from the situation. We like to pray for you, Father. We ask for deliverance. We ask for deliverance, a miracle, a supernatural miracle that will bring your son out of this financial mess in the name of Jesus. We rebuke tension. We rebuke fear. We rebuke the voice of the enemy and we command a testimony out of this situation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm tender in Germany. Thank you, Dr. Ebel Damina, for the powerful enlightening that you have restarted. Greetings to Mr. Bush, the Intercontinental. Global Baba, we need strong and accurate, clear-cut revelation and understanding and wisdom from God to save and establish our Congo as a nation and as a country. It's about who is who, no more shadows and serpents. Thank you, Global Baba, for answers. Tender leaves his phone number. Yeah, that's our man. He's back again. Yeah, Tender. We're praying for Congo. We ask that the hand of God moves in that nation and God will steer up the right people to strategically position themselves and that that dream and desire of yours will become a reality. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Dear Global Baba, thank God for your life and that of your family. I've downloaded some of the videos from YouTube and I'm blessed each time I listen to them. I was listening to one on evangelism and so winning where you made mention that it could even cost one's marriage. Please, what do I do in this situation where I feel drawn to another church which my husband doesn't approve of? But I'm able to serve God better there. I'm encouraged to do a lot, uh, so much more there than in our current church. Can I go on to serve God in the new church? Am I being insubmissive? Am I not being um, not submissive to my husband? Thanks in advance for your response. All right. Well, the first thing is you have to be patient. You don't rush it. Talk to your husband. Pray, talk, pray, talk, pray, talk. Show him the things you have found. Show him the truths you have arrived at. Open the scriptures with him. Patiently take the time. Make him see that. It's important because your husband with you will help you serve God better, more fulfilled, and more happy. It's very important. So be patient. Draw your husband close. Love him. Show him all the love. You're his wife. You know how to get him. Get his attention. Show him the things you've discovered from the word of God and show him what's going on in that church that contradicts the word of God and tell him the things you want to do and patiently go through it. It will take a bit of time, but eventually your husband will come around, especially if you back it up with prayer. That's my counsel. Please, I'm watching now online. Please let the man of God answer my question. I'm Evangelist David in Cameroon. Global Baba, thank you very much for the enlightenment you bring to the body of Christ. I'm rooted in the scriptures. I asked this question, please. I want response. I want to thank the man of God, uh, Dr. Abel Damina, for everything he's doing. My first question is, what do you have to say about prophecy? How many of God see intestines of people, their houses, etc.? Do we have to stop where Jesus stopped as far as prophecy is concerned? Well, what is the purpose of prophecy? To comfort, to edify, and to exhort, not to see intestines and crocodiles. So... Uh, you, you, you stay with the word of God. That's safer for you. You stay any prophecy that contradicts the word of God, trash it. The mission of prophecy is to comfort you, edify, build you up, not to be excavating <laughs> intestines and stuff. Not to make you so, uh, not to, not to scare you, not to intimidate you. So again, that's why you must be careful because the mission of prophecy is to comfort you and to bring the word of God to you to build you up. That's what you do. A second and last question is, um, Global Baba, why is it that when we pray for people, some are not healed? 
But when I read the Bible, many were healed easily. Even Philip disappeared and appeared. Many things happened. Why are we not experiencing that now? Why can't cancer go off? HIV, hypertension, fibrosis healed. Why can't they get healed? It's the same spirit of God. Same spirit of God, but remember the people that were healed in Bible days received. They received. They asked for. They received. They took delivery of it. So the healing power of God finds expression where people are hungry for that power. Where people are seeking for that power. You don't force it on people. And you're not doing it because you want to show off or want to prove a point. It is done out of compassion because you love people. They're going through rough times. And you don't want them to go through pain. You don't want them to go through sickness. So the healing power of God is introduced. So in most cases, touch people have to be taught how to receive. Because if they don't know how to receive, the power of God can be present and they are not healed. You remember in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, 18, 19, the Bible, the Bible says that the power of God was present to heal, but the people were not healed because the people did not receive from the ministry of Jesus. So that's very important. Okay. I hear our first caller is on the line. We hope at this point to welcome him or her on air. Hello. Good evening. Thank you for joining us. Your name, where you're calling from, your point, go ahead. This is Reverend Sam The man who asked a hundred questions. Um, I want to salute the man of God, Reverend Dr. Ebe Damino. Pastor Sam Ajala, bless you. For the wonderful work that you are doing. And we thank God for how the Lord is using you to affect the whole world. Thank God my family is blessed. We are transformed and we are going forward. And the church of God is also moving on. Amen. Sir, I have this question and your concern. In the church, at home, in society, we do see some pastors and two Christians who are of abnormal behavior, abnormal behavior, abnormal character, uncomfortable attitude. Is it called, or what can we call them? Thank you, sir. All right, people with abnormal behaviors and all of that. It's not a cause in most cases. It's upbringing. Upbringing, influence, environment. People are raised in different environments. People are exposed to different things in their years of upbringing. And sometimes all of these constitute forming their habits, their behavior, their lifestyle. So what do you do with such people? If they're in your church, the teaching of God's word eventually corrects people. The teaching of God's word eventually molds people, shapes people, you know, and brings out the best in people. That's what to do. You expose them to the teaching of God's word and prayer and counseling. And eventually, you bring out the best out of them. So from Cameroon to Cameroon, um, this one says, Hello, Global Baba, and we stay in Intercontinental Michael Bush. I'm Carl from the Republic of Cameroon. Global Baba, are there certain laws of the Old Testament that we need to practice in the New Testament? And can a born again lose his or salvation? Well, I, I believe that you must be new on this platform. Sure. Believers don't lose salvation. Salvation is eternal. However, 
my teaching on can a believer lose salvation is about 35 hours. Soteria 3 will help to give you all that you need to be established in that understanding. Believers don't lose salvation. And there are no Old Testament laws that are practiced in the New Testament. We have the law of the spirit of life in Christ, which has set us free from the law of sin and death in the Old Testament. Another caller. Hello. Hello, Winston. Thank you for joining us. Your name, where you calling Sir. from your point? Go ahead. My name is Robert David. I'm calling for all. I'm going to go in a quiet room. Say, go ahead. Please, uh, so much thanks for the word that uh, Papa is giving us. I'm so much blessed from his word since. Since I started following the season of glory to now, my life has changed. And I want him also to pray for me, for God's protection and his financial blessings in my life. Amen. Well, we ask that you have the favor of God, the wisdom of God, and we decree that opportunities are released in your direction to make money and make wealth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From Cameroon, I'm running to Ghana next and says, Hello, Global Baba and Intercontinental, Mr. Michael Bush. Please, Global Baba, can you please pray for me? I have a high BP and my mother has a pain in the leg, hence making it difficult for her to walk. My name is Samuel Etue from Ghana. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke high BP and we command that pain in the leg. Be healed. Receive a miracle of healing for your bodies right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dear Global Baba, my name is Paul Akwayena. I write from Ghana. I want to ask a question that troubles me. Please, if you are a Christian and later in life you, you went in for money ritual and you sold your soul to the devil, if you die, will you go to heaven or have eternal life? Well, if you sold your soul to the devil, it means the soul was not with God before. <laughs> so it means you are not even born again. So if you sold it to the devil, it means you and the devil are together. There's no heaven for you. But if you're born of God, you have Christ. Christ lives in you. You're born again. And then out of mental agitation, you entangle yourself with diabolical practices. And in the process, you discover yourself. All you need to do is step out and continue your walk with Christ and declare your freedom from any such influences of the enemy. You can't be bought by Christ and have what to sell to the devil any longer. There's no such thing. So again, you must be able to, to clearly understand that once a man is born of God, he has the seal of God, he has the life of God, and the devil has no hold over such a person. Staying on in Ghana, and it's um, back to Samuel Etwe. says, God bless you, Dr. Ebel Damina, Intercontinental, Mr. Michael Bush, for such wonderful ministry of saving us God's word. God bless you. I have a question concerning John 15. Also, you can please clarify John 3.16, since I heard from a preacher, that it's, it's in the original Greek, that's, okay, that chapter, that verse in the original Greek is to keep believing, hence the need for renewal of commitments to God on a daily basis. Thank you, sir. I look forward to your explanations on this. No, that's not true. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Then he now explains, He that believes is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already. Meaning, you believe only once. And from the day you believe once, you are saved forever. That's what it means. Now, John 15 was just explaining the union the believer has with Christ. That as long as you abide in Christ, and that abiding is not going to be your responsibility. It's going to be the responsibility of the husband man. Remember, I started by talking about the husband man, the branches, and the vine. 
it is a responsibility of the husbandman who is the farmer to keep the farm and the products of the farm. So when he used that parable, he was showing you that it is God's responsibility to keep you and secure you in his hand and nobody can take you out. That's what John chapter 15 is saying. And John 3.16 has a closure. You believe once and you are kept by Jesus forever. Okay, I'm trying to see whether I can come back into Nigeria for the road out of Ghana. And uh, this one is a counseling entry. Hello, Global Baba, my friend, and I appreciate all you do for the gospel. And we have particularly been blessed by your ministry. We listened to your sermon and curses and were so blessed. We're pricked by the part where you talked about those who visit all manner of diviners. Is that diviners? Diviners. diviners and necromancers because we are victims of such. We only did this because we were in a dire situation and in need of a huge amount of money with no source or channel for it to come. Yet there was a deadline to raise that money. We have been duped heavily in a bid to raise the money and that informs that bad decision of ours. What's your counsel to us based on what we've already done wrong, sir? Well, my counsel is that you stop going to those native doctors. Stop going to those diviners. All right, stay in the word of God. Stay in prayer. Trust God. Begin to declare the word of God and confess God's, you know, God's word over your lives. That's all you need to do. And enjoy the freedom that you have in Christ. Those things have no impact. They have no influence over you because Christ lives on your inside. Okay, Abuja, Nigeria. Here we are. This one, my name is George Titus and I write from Abuja, Nigeria. Sir, about your teaching, that's on the 11th of October, the morning session. Thank you for always guiding and teaching us the truth about the scripture. We are made to understand in the book of Genesis 2, 16 to 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. My question, one, if God knows the tree of knowledge of good and evil, why did he create it? Well, again, if you follow the teachings, there was no tree in the Garden of Eden. There were no fruits and there was no eating. All of those were symbolic communications by Moses, trying to explain what he saw in a vision as to what happened in Eden. It will take the New Testament to give us the details of what really happened. So Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So what happened in Eden was man sinned by rejecting the gospel and died spiritually. That's all we have there. So follow the teachings. Clarity will come. I come back to you, George, in Abuja, Nigeria, in a moment. First, though, this caller. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Your name, where are you calling from? Hello, I'm calling from Benue State, Otupo. Okay. Um, Global Baba, I've been following you roughly like from 2010 to date. And I love the way you, you preach and eat. And clarity has come to my consciousness and I have, I see the light of God in what you do. God has actually revealed to me Christ. And at least I, I, I am for any country 
to excel economically, the first problem is not the political leader, but the religious leaders. Where the religious leaders are not, are not straightforward or, can I say, diligent in handling the, the doctrine of Christ properly, they will start keeping everything, extracurricular, doctrinal, things that doesn't pertain to Christ. And it actually affects the economy, especially we in Nigeria. Many of these economic problems that we are having is caused by so many men of God and by what they are preaching. So I just thought to let you know um, so that you throw more light on them. Thank you. Thank you and bless you. Well, like we have always said, Men of God must stay with the truth of the gospel, keep preaching Christ, revealing Christ, making Christ known, and encourage members of the church to go to the secular universities and institutions and go and develop skills in the right places and be mentored by the right people in their fields of vocation so they can excel in the marketplace. Okay, still from Abuja to Abuja to Abuja now. And this one says I'm the first child of my family of five. As a child, I went through several deliverance sessions to break a curse of living a worthless life. And up until when I began listening to you, Global Baba, I believed that but for the deliverance sessions, my life would have gone astray. Now it seems those same dreams and revelations that led to my several deliverance sessions have begun again, this time with my daughter in the picture. In fact, a symbol of the God saved in my father's house is a snake. This snake now reveals itself, attacking my daughter in dreams and revelations. Global Baba, is this a curse transferred to the firstborn from every generation? Should I begin to pray against such to avert it from my child's life? And how do I stop this from happening again? Itoa in Abuja. Well, you take authority as a believer. That's why all those deliverance things don't work. Because ask any of those people that have been undergoing deliverance. After a while, all the things come back again. Because it's nothing like that. It's not real. The reality is... The believer must be shown who he is in Christ. The moment you got born again, you move from darkness to light. The moment you got born again, you move from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God. You are now a child of God. You are now in Christ. Christ is in you. Everything that operated in the former world doesn't operate here anymore. The devil has no right over you anymore. So what do you do now that you are beginning to see those symptoms? Begin to declare the word of God. Begin to exercise your authority. Begin to speak what God's word is concerning you and your daughter and exercise your authority over the devil, his devices, and render useless the network of darkness and maintain God's word. You shall trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the devil and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Take a position with the scriptures, with your authority in Christ and put an end to that nonsense from your family. And right now, we declare it ends, it ceases, and the enemy has no foothold over you, your daughter, and your home. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Fantastic. I think that's a fantastic place to leave it, Global Baba. Tomorrow we're back here. Global Baba, my name is Michael Bush, producer, Pastor I.J. Quere, and this production team all joined me to thank you. By the way, minister, you know, minister, my minister came along to 
to see what we're doing here. And I'm super wow. excited that wow. it's here. Wow. Yes, so Minister, so nice to have you. Thank yep. you for being here. Yep. Global Baba, we need to go. Tomorrow is another day. Oh my goodness, the Intercontinental Mr. Bush. What an evening. <laughs> what an evening. Fantastic. What an evening. But hey guys, it's a joy and a pleasure and honor to be able to serve you the grace of God. We do not take lightly the issues you send to us, especially the issues that have to do with your life, the issues that you raise concerning things where you need counseling. We don't take them lightly. And we want to encourage you to send the emails, make them as detailed as possible so we can give you, you know, counsel from the word of God. But it's a joy and a pleasure to be able to spend this time with you every day. Remember, we continue every day tomorrow, 6 p.m. We're live and teaching the word. And don't miss the teaching because the teaching will help you with the answers we give to you. And then Mr. Bush and myself on the counselor tomorrow. And that's Let a comfort effect. Yes, and we'll be, we'll be, we'll be on Comfort FM 6 to 8 p.m. tomorrow evening GMT. In the morning, we'll be on Radio Aquaibom 11 to 1 p.m., 1 to 3 p.m. XL FM, and then 3 to 5 p.m. You knew you FM. and then 6 to 8 Comfort FM, and then 9 to 10 Inspiration FM. We are using every platform to push this word out so that people can come to the knowledge of the truth concerning Christ. We're so excited, friends. We love you. Looking forward to spending more time with you tomorrow. Share the video. Get more people to be part of what is going on here. And until we come again your way tomorrow, same platforms, enjoy the grace of Christ. Good Amen. From chapter 1 verse 4 I thank my God making mention of thee always in my prayers next verse hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints so what's the prayer now next verse that the communication of thy faith the communication the koinonia or the fellowship or the participation of thy faith may become effectual how by the acknowledging that is your faith becomes effectual the word effectual means it works all the time how will you come to that place where your faith works all the time when you acknowledge the word acknowledge is the same greek word for epignosis that is the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you because you are in Christ Jesus. So now brother Paul prays the same prayer for the church at Philippi, Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. The word judgment, there is a word discernment. In knowledge 
and in all discernment knowledge that is you abound in the love of God because of accurate understanding because of accurate understanding and he prayed the same prayer for the church at Colossians in Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 for this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding the knowledge of his will and here he's dealing with practical everyday wisdom in the word of god and it's all epignosis the accurate understanding the precise understanding of his will look at colossians chapter 2 verse 2 brother paul continues that prayer for the church at Colossae, that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding glory to god to the acknowledgement the epignosis the accurate precise understanding of the mystery of god and of the father and of christ of the father and of christ he focuses on acknowledging epignosis in other words you can have love from a works and african perspective but the love is asking for you to have an understanding of is the love that comes by accurate knowledge of christ knowledge of christ look at colossians chapter 3 verse 10 same prayer for the church at Colossae, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge which is renewed in epignosis in knowledge accurate understanding after the image of him that created him that is kept new in epignosis kept new in accurate understanding so we have emphasis on the word knowledge and this knowledge has to affect every area of your christian life now the word in ephesians 3 19 is different it's not the word epignosis ephesians 3 19 pay attention now and to know is the word ginosko which is different from epignosis ginosko is an ongoing acquisition of facts or what you call training all right is used for schooling a child ginosko is what leads to epignosis is this ongoing training this ongoing learning this progressive knowledge that makes you arrive at accurate precise exact knowledge it leads to epignosis grow in grace and grow in knowledge second peter 3 18 brother peter prayed the same prayer but grow in grace ginosko ongoing knowledge grow in grace and or that is in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ grow in grace which is growth in knowledge ongoing knowing so if you're going to grow you have to keep learning you have to keep being trained you have to be studious and you have to be teachable you cannot have an arrival mentality and grow no you cannot have an arrival mentality and grow there must be a flexibility in your mind to acquire facts to grow not just to argue blindly not just to get angry and begin to throw curses no to calm down and intelligently and prayerfully examine the text of scripture so you can correct your position it's the same prayer brother paul prayed for the church at rome in romans chapter 10 verse number one 
brethren my heart's desire and prayer to god for israel is that they might be saved how can you be praying for israel to be saved verse 2 for i bear them record that they have a zeal of god they are very zealous they are in church all the time they are in tarry night every time they fast and pray all the time they have a zeal of god but not according to knowledge listen carefully an inaccurate knowledge of god will lead to an inaccurate relationship with god and you know a partial knowledge of god will lead to a partial relationship with god let me just add this one now you know a relationship with god based on rumor will lead to a rumor-based relationship with god there must be a precision in knowledge god is a god of knowledge by whom motives and intentions are weighed so therefore since god is a god of knowledge you must arrive at a place of knowledge to effectively communicate with god because god said come let us reason together if you're going to reason together with god you and god must agree you must have a platform where you can see eye to eye and that platform is knowledge god is a god of knowledge all right so you've got to come to a place of knowledge so you can have a relationship with god that is based on revelation knowledge of the accurate god look at brother paul in romans chapter 10 verse 2 he said for i bear them record that they have a zeal of god but not according to knowledge next verse for they being ignorant of god's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness so there is god's righteousness there is your own righteousness you see that and many people are trying to force god into their definition of righteousness many people are trying to force god to fall within their terms no you don't squeeze god into your terms you adjust into god's terms they have a zeal of god but they are ignorant so they go about establishing their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of god give me the message translation of that romans chapter 10 verse 3 pay attention they don't seem to realize that this comprehensive setting things right that is salvation is god's business and the most flourishing business it is right across the street they set up their own salvation shops and noisily hawk their wares after all these years of refusing to really deal with god on his terms insisting instead on making their own deals they have nothing to show for it across the road they open their own salvation shops and they are noisily hawking their wares they are making tremendous noise but empty in knowledge they are making a lot of noise but there is no knowledge at all because you can only relate with a god whom you know effectively and like i said you do not know him on your terms you know him on his terms very important so that's why the prayer for the eyes of your understanding to be flooded with light that you may know and when you come to this ginosko you are filled with all the fullness of god 
you are filled with all that makes God God. Glory to God. You are filled with all the fullness of God in your mind, in your understanding. You are filled with all the fullness of God in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body. You are God all over. Everywhere you turn to, it's God. You're filled with all of God. When you arrive at this place of accurate understanding. So my prayer is that you will come to this place of understanding. But remember, it works by training. Grow in grace grow in knowledge it works by training and training must be deliberate you must be deliberate and intentional you don't just jump into my teaching for five minutes and disappear you will never learn that way you do not just listen to one and dodge the other ones you never learn that way there must be a consistent attempt you must attend to the word like students attend to lectures my son attend to my words incline your ears unto my sayings let them not depart from your eyes keep them in the midst of your heart for they are alive to those who find 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 them jesus gave a parable and he said the kingdom of god is likened unto a man who found treasure and he went and sold everything to buy it that's the way to go after the kingdom in the pursuit of the understanding of god the understanding of god must be top priority in your life where you're ready to shut down everything you're ready to put aside everything and make the word of god a priority because it affects you for time and eternity eternal life only jesus can give it i come to jesus for eternal life i don't come to him for other things that i can get elsewhere i come to him for what only he supplies i am come that you may have life and have it more abundantly he that has the son has life so why are we in christ for life abel domino ministries international presents righteous invasion of truth riot live with dr abel domino somebody shut up theme curse curses cursing and the concept of deliverance and ask the counselor with dr abel daminer and michael bush date 11th october to 15th november 2020 time mondays to saturdays 6 p.m to 8 p.m gmt plus one sunday 7 a.m and 11 a.m services gmt plus one you can also join the broadcast on comfort fm 95.1 uyo 6 p.m to 8 p.m daily xl fm 106.9 uyo 1 p.m to 3 p.m daily inspiration fm 105.9 uyo from 9 p.m to 10 p.m daily and Radio Aquibo 90.5 Uyo 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily. Watch this program live on Kingdom Life Network TV on your strong decoder or my TV. Also visit Abel Damino Facebook handle, Instagram handle, Twitter handle, and YouTube. Host Doctors Abel and Rachel Damino.